Great pass from Diamantidis. The lob is done! There we go, 40 minutes to a title. David Blue to three. On the mark, David Blue! Now Spinelli's driving inside. Look for the alley EuroLeague Sweet 16, exactly what you need. As ever, we are up on SoundCloud and we are, of course, uh, on wherever you get good podcasts. So be sure to search for EuroLeague Sweet 16 to subscribe and get the episodes as soon as they drop. Hello and welcome to EuroLeague Sweet 16, the place where everything can happen. And by that, we do mean, well, Emmett is high-fiving pigeons. Lewis is, well, chasing chickens? I don't know. I don't know. They're, they're getting creative. And Aris, well, Aris is actually on vacation. Uh, so we are here with great guys, great friends. We have Dave Hine. Hi, Dave. How you doing? Wunderbar, wunderbar. Thank you for having me. <laughs> and we we also have Frankie from the Euroleague, Mister Euroleague in the flash. Well, okay, on Yay! Zoom. A- am I required to answer in a foreign language? <laughs> good, so, Frank. Good to see you, Barry. Good to see you, Frankie. Good to see. You. Good to see you. It's good to be seen. It's good to be seen. Yeah. Especially in these days. No, it's good. It's good. You know, I, I was on a uh, one of the first radio interviews I, I ever did as a quote-unquote expert was for the 2004 Olympics. It was something on NPR. And they brought me in to talk about the you know, small countries competing. And the guy, the guy set it up that he wants it to be a conversation between friends at a bar. And it didn't work out that way because it was like seven guys who I'd never met before and you couldn't see them. But this, with two guys who I consider to be friends, and I can see our faces here on Zoom, even though I'm not drinking beer, I'm drinking tea, this feels like sitting, sitting with friends at a bar. I have also my uh, courage beverage, shall I say. It's coffee, <laughs> my sixth, I think, of the day. This is like how fatigued I am. It happens. Dave, Dave's bottle is empty, though. I, I'm empty. I need to go get something. All right, all right. Um, I mean, you know, a lot of things to drink for, uh, I think. And... Um, Okay, yes, we only had four games. I mean, COVID kind of caught up with Europe as we're seeing, you know, what, what's happening in the NBA. Uh, full disclosure, uh, I do believe that front office, the day is not that far that front offices will be offering 10-day hardship deals. So, fellas, you know, we still we still have a, ch- uh, a shot of making it to the, to the NBA. Uh, <laughs> I think, I think. But in all seriousness, EuroLeague, Man, great games. We had only four, but still. Uh, let's talk about perhaps the one that surprised you the most. Frankie, let's start off with you. Uh, I don't know how anybody can answer the question and not say Barcelona. Really? You, you found that like uh, Unix win over Ephes and that manner not surprising? I would say you could call it surprising, but, but Unix is really showing itself to be a much better team than we thought at the beginning of the season, certainly a much better team than we thought after they got crushed in Istanbul by Fenerbahce. Um, so, uh, so no, I, I don't see them as like a little a little team anymore. They're they're a legit playoff team. I don't think anybody thinks right now Basconia is a legit playoff team. I don't think anybody thinks that Barcelona is anything short of a title. Certainly a contender, if not a favorite. FS, I would have said a month ago, but they're they're still teetering along. They they haven't showed that they're last year's team. Micic didn't play in that game. And they lost on the road. Barcelona got spanked. They were blown out by Basconia. By, you know, if we, if at the time we thought it was surprising when Barcelona got crushed by Maccabi, now it's very surprising the way Maccabi looks. But then Maccabi was still near the top of the standings, top four. This Basconia team can't be confused for anybody. With all due respect to Basconia and its players and the talent that's there, but the, the body of their work, the first half of the season, that's not a team that should be able to take down one of the best teams in the league and Barcelona just, you know, for the second week in a row, you know, because because their game against Onyx, they, they need a ferocious comeback. Maybe some, uh, you know, got some help there from uh, from Isaiah Kane in there in the end, uh, getting things going. But but this time, you know, it uh, I, I can't see how any game could be more surprising than that, of last week's game. So. By the way, I know we all uh, kind of expected uh, to get our call-ups to, you know, get a 10-day deals, but, you know, they're still not to that point where they are taking guys who are legit not fit to play anymore or were ever fit to play, uh, you know, but it's life. Uh, <laughs> they, you know, after the, uh, after the, the Barcelona game, I think that Coach Charis said that it was embarrassing, I think. Am I right? That's what he said. Yeah. 
Can we really say that it was straight up embarrassing? I mean, listen, when two teams meet coming in and they're coming from the same league, same competition, same country, you can say it's like kind of a different set of rules. So I don't know. That's that's I here's the thing. If we were to you already brought up the NBA and, and it's well known the difference between the NBA and the League and the NBA. No one's surprised to see a game like this happen every once in a while. There's no such thing as a team that you expect that is a short thing. The great teams will all rest players and take a night off and players aren't there every night and it's back to back, you know, back to back and so whatever. And this happens. But when people talk about the NBA in those terms, they say, this is the stuff that doesn't happen in the Euro. Right. Every team comes out there and they give their all for 40 minutes and they, they prepare for every game. There's no such thing as taking a game off. I, I am not going to pretend to be a psychologist to tell you what went on inside the heads of the Barcelona players and how different things affected it. How were they overconfident from the week before where they played horribly against the came back? Were they, you know, was were, were they overconfident because Coach Spachia was out with COVID? Were they, I, I don't know. I, I can't tell you what it was, but I don't know anybody who would have said to you beforehand that Barcelona is going to lose tonight by 19. Unless you said that Miro teaches that. Okay, so let me call and, and also raise the stakes here. Let's put it in the open. Barcelona's brand of basketball, since day one, hasn't been that all exciting. If anything, it's anticlimactic. Is it efficient? Yes. Did they get the results everyone expected? I'd, I'd say for, you know, mostly yes. But there's just there's just something about this team, whether it's something that's missing. I don't know. This is not like, you know, I remember the the basketball brand that we've seen from Joggeries, right? And I expected to see that kind of happy basketball also in Barcelona. But they're like there, it's every game that they're playing seems to to become relatively somewhat of a of a fight, like a heavyweight bout. How do you explain it? Both of you guys. Yeah, Dave, how do you explain it? First, first of all, I, I would, you know, I could, um, Frankie, you asked the question, would anybody say that Barcelona would lose by 19 to Basconi? And I would say the only time somebody would say that is probably on the front end, definitely a, a double rounder, you know, where mm -hmm. you, you could say that's part of a double rounder, you know, they're, uh, you know, and, and they, had a, they had a hard game over the weekend in domestic league. And domestically, and, and they have a, you know, I don't know, a Real Madrid or, you know, they have a tough game coming up uh, domestically in the week ahead. You know, you know, put that in parameters on its own, a single game week, no way. How, how did it happen? Um, I, I think that, that uh, you know, this, this is, this is not, Frank, you said that, that it's, you know, for all the talent that, that Basconia have, they, they do have some some pretty good talent and you know they can shoot and they can they can they can look good at times they didn't turn the ball over at all um barcelona didn't play any defense and they couldn't make anything there was there was you know miritich especially in that third quarter there was only miritich for like five minutes they couldn't get anything else so um maybe maybe they did a you know maybe they did a good job uh on the guards uh, they shared the ball, 24 assists. You know, you don't really see that um, against Barcelona. Um, you know, 47% three-point shooters, three-point shooting. You know, they just hit their shots. They got confident when when uh, when Gadridis goes off, and you know, he, he's such a motor and it gets everybody. You know, you know, Fantecchio can do so many different things, and and you know, they kept talking about how how with with Anuk, you know, that they're kind of limiting, you know, what he's having to do. Um, and that's kind of, you know, being more, he's being more efficient with that. And Costello was fantastic. Costello was amazing. Um, I didn't really catch what he did the week before. So I'm, I'm going to actually put a little bit of this. I'm actually going to give uh, Basconia a little bit of credit for all of this, which I think they deserve. You know, you have to go out and spank um, uh, uh, Barcelona, a, t a team like Barcelona they can win games even if they if they if they don't play good, you know, if they don't play well. But you still have to go out and spank them by 19, and that's what Basconia did. 
and you look at it, it's not a deep team. Um, you did get, you know, said is back. Um, and you know, he's, he, he doesn't put up a lot of stats, but he's such a, he, he's such a, um, uh, a, a blue collar guy. And so, um, I, I, I would rather give at least a little bit of credit to it. For me, it's beyond, uh, without a doubt, the surprise of the week, but, uh, I still would like to give a little bit of credit to Basconi for what they did. I, I, I don't disagree with anything you said. Um, in fact, I, I think you could even take it further. It's not just the best going had a great shooting day. They did it against a legit Barcelona defense, one of the best defenses in the league, a defense that for the season is allowing among the lowest shooting percentages. Exactly. And if you go up and down the roster, Basconia has talent. All I'm all I, the point I was trying to make is when you said, "Whoa, really?" Was that the biggest surprise of the week? You agreed also. There's no yeah, yeah, sure, hands, without a doubt, without a doubt, hands down, because of the Basconia team we had seen for 17 rounds, the Barcelona team we had seen for 17 rounds. Nobody would have seen this coming, and, and that that's why there's no there's no disrespect meant at all to Basconia. They came yeah. and they brought it, and Barcelona on that night didn't have an answer. And it's not because oh, Colathis wasn't there, or you know, because Colathis hasn't been there for a month. It's not because Abrines was. You know, this is the team that's been winning. The same team that won the week before. All mm-hmm. the guys stepped up, um, and then all of a sudden they go down to Vitoria, and you know, you can make all the excuses you want for Barcelona. Championship teams don't lose, and, and I still believe the Barcelona is a favorite to win it. Right, this could be the wake-up call. You don't expect championship teams to go lose by 19 anywhere. Not the toughest, you know, road court, wherever that is, wherever you think that is. Not in, not in, you know, not at Jalgris, not in Tel Aviv, not in Athens. You don't expect the the, the title contenders to go lose by 19. And we could try and find different ways to it explain happened. it. Come on, yeah, it it's a surprise. It can happen, but you don't expect it to happen. Every now and, and it will happen, but you don't expect it. So when it happens, that's the surprise of the week. Look, especially in a season where we have 34 regular season rounds, you, you yes. can expect that statistically, you know, it's, it's, it's bound to happen, even for the best of them. Now, don't get me wrong. The, the fact that I'm saying, well, not fact, the, what I'm saying about Barcelona, that maybe their brand of basketball is not that, you know, it's not for everyone right but it's so damn efficient that you got to bring it like for the entire 40 minutes they're not a, a, an easy team to face and that is no. not an easy coach to go up against so i mean you know what i'll say it, you know first of all there there is no four minute warning this week there's not going to be a four minute warning which is a good thing you know unless when emmett stops high-fiving pigeons he'll kind of come at me but you know seriously though to me i think it was uh the NWFS game. The reason for that is not because they are missing message. It's not because that they are, you know, you can expect a loss every now and then. But by now, you would you would have expected them to kind of maybe be more stable for better or for worse. It's like till now, you're gonna ask me guys, what do I make? I do not know what to make of them, especially because of that. You do not know what version of Anadolu FS you're going to face on any given night. And I think that that is the biggest surprise when we're talking 17, 18, about to go to the 19th round. I still don't know. So I think that if I were to try and paraphrase what you're saying in my words, that's not the surprise of round 18. That's the surprise of the 18 rounds. Okay, I, if anybody, if you guys or any of our listeners had, were, were among those who would uh, chime in for those Twitter uh, live things that I did with Andy West off in the beginning of the season, I kept saying, FS is the favorite until somebody comes and knocks it out because they're the champs. They have the heart of the champs. They're, they're on paper probably even more talented than last year. They've got chemistry that, you know, that, that, that you, can't, you can't match. They have all these things except... They're nine and nine. They're not the same team as last year. Uh, is it that other teams are at them harder? Sure, but I don't think that's the real reason. There's something that's not working this year. Are they? I mean, okay, you're saying they're not the same team. I agree, they're not the same team. They are missing one Shunnelly, one Serta Shunnelly from being, well, okay, on paper, the same team. And finally, on, on paper, I think if you had asked, 
if we were to take the average EuroLeague coach and GM and put him here next to me, be able to ask him a series of questions, that average coach slash GM would tell you in the beginning of the season, wow, you've taken uh, taken off Shanley and replaced him with uh, uh, Petrus- Petrusov. There's more talent there. When that works, this team's going to be even better. Experience. Except it hasn't quite worked out that way. Experience, though. Come on, you're talking GMs, coaches. We know that. We've been there before. I mean, look, none of us really worked as a, a GM, a system GM, or, or a coach. And doesn't matter who's got the, the, you know, we may have the credentials or not. doesn't matter. At the end of the day, intrusive, you know, you, you cannot put the blame on him. I'm, I'm not saying that you are putting I'm not putting the blame on him. No, 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 not at all. I'm right. just saying on paper, going this, we thought that this was a stronger team. I think that if you take the, the, the champion, the EuroLeague champion, any given year, doesn't matter what the team is. I'm generalizing here, of course, but yeah. the, 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 these arguments are always here. Any year you give me the EuroLeague champion, you tell me the next year they're going to take their entire roster back, spare one part-time starter, who is over the age of 30, and replace him with the Adriatic League MVP, whoever that is, or the best player in the Adriatic League who's 22 years old. It wasn't even the MVP. In this case, he happens to be the best young player in the Adriatic League and the Adriatic League MVP. You're going to put him on that team, that team's going to be better. I think that we will all make that assumption. On paper. I'm not, I'm not in that locker room, and I don't know what's not working, but it's not working. On paper, look. In my books, I think that the biggest problem, like, you know, biggest difference between him and Shanley is experience. But here's the thing. We never expected for, like, um, you know, Tibor Plyce will do Tibor Plyce things. I, I think that, like, right now, what a team needs from Petrusiv is a hell of a lot more, and it's not fair to ask him to provide what they currently need because they need – a guy who can give some serious minutes and be a difference maker. I think that we're focused. I just brought him up because the argument that I was saying earlier in the season was you took the team, you everybody except one piece and replaced him with an up-and-coming stud. I don't think that he's the, the problem. We should be pointing the finger at him. In fact, the the fact that that, that Pleiss has been playing so well shows that you know, how, how strong that team was last year. They barely need players. He, he hardly played in the final four. He, he you know, was a was a bit player in the playoffs. And now look what he can do. He hasn't forgotten how to play basketball. He's a hell of a player. And they didn't need him last year. They're not hurting at center. Wow. And the problem with Micic, Micic has been hurt in and out, not playing his best, maybe. Not that, again, not that he's a crap player, not to blame him. I don't think you can blame it anywhere, but something there is not working. At least not for, for guys like us who are not, watching this team closely, watching the domestic games, watching the players on the bench. We don't have that opportunity, or I, I don't have that opportunity, but you guys are doing that. Listen, I, I, want, I want to say, I want to ask this though, because we say it's not working, right? So before this game, before the Unix game, right? So they they, they, they had won seven of nine. And, and one of those loss was the loss to Barcelona. And the other one was at Bayern. And at, at the time, I think had won something like seven of, seven of eight or seven of nine or seven of 10 or something like that. You know, that was probably the best Byron's been playing so far. Those are the two losses and they had in that, in that uh, mm-hmm. uh, nine game stretch. So, you know, to say, and, and it's, and it's at Unix Kazan, who we both said, who we've all said is, you know, really a rock solid team. Um, and, uh, and you also play without Misic. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, for me to say that 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 the team is broken, I just don't know if I could say that. Looking at the str- if looking at the stretch where we're at right now, did you see them the week before against Svezda when they won by one a game that they should not have won? The Svezda game, you mean? Yeah, at home. Right. So yeah, Sve- when they Sve- when, when they is a tough well, team, man. Svezda is a tough I, team. I, agreed, agreed. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to take shots here at any team. I think all the teams yeah. are tough teams. Yeah, I got Basconi is Panathinaikos is in last place now. Panathinaikos got some real talent. None of them are. None of them are bad teams. They smoked on a double. Don't forget, like you, this. Yeah. Is legit. Like, but, but but here's the thing. Before we're talking about Barcelona, for me coming in, FS was the favorite. I I picked Barcelona to win the championship before the season, but I thought that FS and Barcelona were neck and neck. Okay, so here's they're they're they're, they're nine and nine. They're not looking like at the. Will Will I be surprised, especially with their coach and the characters on that team, if they put it together? If if you if we take my friend here, the imaginary GM, and ask him. What place do you want to finish in, or who is the team that you least want to play in the playoffs? It's FS. I bet all four teams who are going to have home court advantage be smoking, and uh, they're going to be terrified. 
we don't want Memphis to be the team that finishes, you know, somewhere five to eight and we have to play them. The home court advantage, that, that, that's a scary team. Do okay. I believe that they can beat anybody in any court? Okay. But it's not working right now. If, 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 that, if you have to play them in a five-game series, better right now than in April because they'll be a better team in April. But right now there's something that's just not, not happening there. And by the way, we said all this about their roster and we added Elijah Bryant to it. Also, this is this this on paper should be a stronger team than the championship team, and it's just there's something not happening there. But do I believe that they can fix it? A hundred percent. Do I believe they will fix it? Probably. And if I was a GM, I would not want to see them in the playoffs. Okay, I'm going to say something here that uh, that you really got to address though. Last year, you know, they had their excuse. They had Shane Larkin after knee surgery. They had um, they had Brian Dunstan. Brian Dunstan, they had Brian Dunstan injured. So they were missing two key guys. That, and that could have explained, like, you know, those ups and downs. But here's the thing. Once everyone got in, back into rhythm, they left a path of destruction in the yearly. Like, they annihilated. There were a series of games. There were a series of games where, I mean, that was, you did not want to want to face them. You simply did not want to face them because the only question was, like, how much they're going to give, like, you know, 30 piece, 40, 50, how much they're going to win. They were crazy hot, but here, that's the thing. They got a full roster. Okay. So yeah, maybe Misich is having some ups and downs during the season, but there isn't a, well, I don't want to say plausible uh, explanation. There, there, there's just no explanation as to, you know what? They got everyone back. Like Frankie said, they even got a few more guys. They had a couple more guys. So let me ask you this. Where's that stability? Because right now they're in a spot they cannot necessarily allow themselves, right? They cannot necessarily allow themselves to lose more games because if they lose more games, they can find themselves like outside the playoffs. You have a two game, uh, uh, two games, maybe two and a half games between the uh, eighth seed and the, the teams that, that are beneath. And you know what? Yes, if you're a team that is in the top four, you maybe not really, that you, you won't be that eager to face San Adolu FS, should they be the team that is, you know, without the home court advantage? But here's the thing. If you're an Adolu FS, do you want to face Real Madrid at full strength with their defensive attributes? Do you want to face Barcelona, who are like the title contenders? I'm not so sure. I am not so sure. If you ask me the honest truth, what, what I think, I think when the FS feels that when they get going, they don't care who they face. I'll go back in time on this answer, right? But I remember speaking to uh, two, two of the three of us here are, are, are not that far from Tel Aviv. Before I worked for the EuroLeague, when I covered Maccabi Tel Aviv in the, in the mid-2000s, when they went back-to-back championships, Maceo Baston, when they lost the home game, I asked him something about, I don't remember, you know, some dumb post-game question. And he went on a rant about the heart of a champion. And it doesn't matter what happens. They can beat anybody. And they're good enough to beat anybody. And they're the champs until somebody knocks them out. You know what? That it wasn't. It wasn't just confidence talking. It was the belief in the guys around him, and they and they made it back to a third straight championship game, and they lost to a hell of a team. FS has that same confidence. They just won the championship, and they've got all the guys back, and they know the talent. And by the way, all of us know the talent, and all of us respect the talent on that team. Of course. And there's nobody in their right mind who thinks that a fully healthy. FS team is a, is a pushover or is a 500 team. Some, something's not working right now. And the rest of the teams have got to be hoping that it stays like this. Is it something so simple as guys we, we, uh, we underrated, like James Anderson, who played in every single game last year, 40, 41 games, 15 minutes a game, a guy who was a big-time college scorer and has come to play a role. And maybe him knowing his place on the totem pole, maybe knowing his place in the pyramid. Maybe it's uh, guys like Simon, who's uh, you know been hurt and in and out of the lineup. But those guys set it up. They either step up when they're needed or they just play their role so that the stars can shine. And they haven't been there. So we're, we're pointing fingers at this one and that one. And really, we're, we're not noticing how, how important uh, the other guys in the pyramid have been, and that's what's hurting. I, I don't know, and I'm not watching enough FS to, to be able to properly dissect what's what's wrong. What I what I can say is when I watch them, they don't look like last year's FS and they don't look like a team, which is scary. But if you look at all the names and you look at all the talent, 
and you remember what they did last year, there's no reason to believe that they can't do that again. Okay, let's talk a bit about Zenit. They went to Zvezda, they almost got Zvezda in a way. Yeah, and that's Dave Hine, by the way. You're not going to be able to see this because it's a, it's an audio version of the show. But Dave legit just did the shimmy there. Like, he kind of danced while hearing the this vested adverb, I think, verb, sorry. So, Dave, I mean, you've been high on vested. Actually, hell, we've all been. No, 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 no. I don't say we've been high. I, 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 I respect that they play defense, and, 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 they're, and, they're, not, and they're not sexy to play against, and they're not easy to play against. And um, Sorry, I'll, I'll let you ask your question, though, of course. No, I, I was saying that I, I was referring to defense, not to the, you know, Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we, we talked about it on, 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 on traveling and I think there was a tweet out there. I can't remember where it was and, and, uh, who, who said it and, and I wish I knew because I would like to give them credit, but so they said, uh, um, Svezda with that crowd would be more fun, uh, to have in the playoffs than like, a, a sort of a stumbling, uh, struggling Seska or, or Milan, um, and, uh, just the energy and everything that that would bring. And. Um, and that, you know, maybe they can Svezda um, a game on the road um, to, to maybe get against against like a Barcelona or a Real Madrid. Who knows? Um, you know, I mean, Senate, you know, they only scored 80 in overtime. And um, it, 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 for me, what I've been saying all season, it's it's whether or not Svezda can, can score enough. And I don't just I think that is what is going to keep them out of the playoffs. Um, and uh, but. You know, there's a mess at seven and eleven. You know, and and that's only two games away from the playoffs. Um, and then if if uh, Milan and 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 Seska keep struggling, losing a game here and there, um, you know, then they come they come that much closer. And there's a lot of you know, you know, not stable teams right now in that uh, seven uh, win mix i'll say fenerbahce they're seven and ten they still have a game in hand but you know monica's in that with a new coach basconia we talked about already uh byron's been up and down Maccabi is at what eight eight in a row now and row. you know so you know there's a lot of teams that are that are not uh really playing good basketball consistent basketball and svezda has been playing consistent basketball it's just on the defensive end and, and not getting enough offensive, uh, enough offensive production. But I think if they can somehow get somebody, uh, I'm not saying sign somebody, but, you know, just somehow find a way if somebody were to get, you know, as a, as a, as a new year's resolution, I'm going to score 10 points a game more in the year league. Uh, <laughs> um, then, 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 you know, Hey, all bets are off, you know, um, If it, again, it, it, but it's, but it would have to mean a Milan or Seska drop down. I don't think FS is dropping down. Um, and, and so that, that, that's what I, what, what I kind of wanted to say about, uh, about Svezda. It, it would be exciting, I think, with that crowd to have them face like a one or two seed, um, for at least one game. I guess, uh, yeah, I guess at least one game, right? Uh, they would have at least the third game at, uh, uh, in, in Belgrade. So. Look, last time we had a team from Belgrade in the, in the playoffs, we've seen how amazing it was. You know, it's like, obviously, wish we could, have, we, we could see more of that. Uh, but, you know, who knows? They're, they're not that far away from the number eight seed. Uh, actually, it hasn't been that long since we, we even saw like Zvezda in the, in the playoffs, when you think about it. I mean, when was it? Uh, 17, 18? Or, no, actually, it was before, I think. Before the 16, 17 season? Am I right? Was that maybe Jovic, maybe that year or something like that? I think the last time they were in the playoffs, they faced Cheska. When was it? it was, I'll, I'll, pa I'll pass that on to you guys. No, it, was, it was with Jovic, I'm pretty sure. 2016. No, they, they didn't make it the, oh, 2015, 16. 2016. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so there you have it. You see three old, older guys that... And the next year, they had a winning record and they missed out. Yeah, and they had a four-game losing streak, but, you know, the Dodge had the, the, the tiebreaker that, that year. It is what it is. It happens. Okay, come on, guys. We're all very high on, on Vesta's defense, but, you know, Zenit, they, they're getting Shabazz Depier back. 
So I'm just going to plan on it, ask it. I'll, I'll put it in the open. How worried are we for other EuroLeague teams that a team that managed to, to do what they did so far without perhaps their key guy, I, I, I'll say, are now getting him back. And on top of that, they, they've just signed like another guard. So what's the level of, of say, panic that the EuroLeague team should have right now? I'll let you go, Frankie. <laughs> I don't I don't think any team should panic right now. And I don't mean that in, in a disparaging way to Zen at all. Um, I think that, first of all, it, panic is it's just it's the wrong word. It's too early for that. Um, even though we've seen 18 rounds of basketball, there's been some funny things that have gone. Zenit can finish in the top, you know, right now they're in fourth place, right? That means right now they'd have a home court advantage in the playoffs against Onyx. Nobody saw that uh, at the beginning of the season, the, the, the favored Russian team to be in the playoffs, to be in the final four would not be Cheska. It's been a funny season that way. Um, a lot of, there's a lot of teams right now that we're calling flawed and, and are flawed. We're not just calling them that. There are flawed. Uh, that are otherwise we could imagine playing for the championship. Milan, we all thought coming in was a loaded roster that was going to go places. Cheska, of course, we thought that. FS was the champ. So those teams are six, seven, eight right now. Beyond them is Fenerbahce, which also seemed like a questionable team for a little bit. And then they all put it together. And then they looked like they were in a steamroll and climb right into the middle of the pack there. And now they lost their best two players. Again, who knows what to, to expect from them. So when you when you take all of that and you say, oh, Zenit, and they're getting another player, Zenit is not a team. Zenit has legit great players on the team, but they are not a great team because of one player or two players or three players. It's not Lloyd. It's not um, Mickey. It's not any of those guys. It's all of those guys together. Because of that, it's Connor. Connor Frankamp is a hell of a player, and he does it doesn't put up the numbers. But he can win games for you because he's a smart player. He's a great shooter. He's a team player. Um, you know, the, all these there are all these guys who are who are. You know, if we had the uh, equivalent of WAR, which is a baseball stat that Dave is uh, very familiar with, um, which is wins above replacement level. None of these guys are replacement level players. They're all better than replacement level players. No, they're not stars. Even Jordan Lloyd's, you know, I, I don't know if he's uh if he's got that that the it factor to be a an MVP candidate to be a superstar. I don't know that he's in the conversation with the with the Mirotiches of the world, with the Vesalis, the Decolos, the you know, with the with those guys. But is he a guy who could go out there and win big games? Absolutely. Does he appear to be a great teammate? I'm not on his team, but it appears to be that way. You know, Billy Barron appears to be that guy. Dimitri Kulagin appears to be that guy. Um, Ponitka appears to be that guy. Poitras appears up and down the roster. These are all guys who are who are better than than your average Euroleague player. They're in it together. They're fighting. They're hustling. They've got a coach who's a brilliant strategist. The guys buy in. They play defense. Is it a scary team? Yeah. Now, for me, from the outside, not knowing how it works on the inside, adding in two new guys, look, we've got to. You've you got to do these things this year, especially when Corona's running through teams and, and injuries. And, and these teams, these players on this team have been, you know, the backports have been, been stretched pretty thin without the guy who they expect to be the lead ball handler. My concern is he hasn't, he was, he was there for training camp, but he hasn't been there and playing games. How will that affect the chemistry? How will all, you know, sometimes it could be a subtraction by addition. Uh, who, who knows? Or not, because they like these guys, because they have the chemistry, because uh, Napier is, uh, you know, an experienced guy who comes into something that's working and maybe he won't, you know, he'll, he'll try and fit the role. I, I don't know. It's, it's a big question mark. But so I don't think other teams have to panic specifically because of Zenit. Um, I think Zenit is a is a worthy opponent for everybody. They're a worthy opponent for Barcelona last year in the playoffs. That was a hell of a playoff series. This is a slightly different Zenit team, but they're but they're a worthy opponent for everybody. I think every team, honestly, I mean, this is a year where if I look right now, the top eight guys, top top eight teams in the in the standings, jumble up any way you want. At full strength, any team can beat any other team in a playoff series. I would still put Barcelona as the favorite, right? But but at full strength, Barcelona against FS, 
Barcelona against Cheska, Barcelona against Milan, Barcelona against Unixkaze, and those teams are five to eight. You see Cheska winning a playoff series right now? I don't. I don't, but I'm saying at full strength. At full strength. At full strength. That's yeah, what well, so the, the playoffs are not now. All those teams have to do is get there, jumble them up any way you want to. And in April, if those teams are at full strength, if their chemistry is working, each one of those eight teams is a scary team, a very scary team. I still don't see, honestly, when we saw Chaska at their best this year, and I don't think that we've, we've had it for more than a couple of games, perhaps, which is maybe it's not fair for me to, to say what I'm about to say. But ever since, you know, they, uh, they parted ways with Mike James, it felt like they're still missing a guy. And they're still missing a guy in my books for them to be that team that we're expecting them, that we've gotten used to see over the years, which is why I, I don't think that my, my answer would, would change all that much. Like if, I was, if, if they'll play now at full strength, because even when they're at full strength this year, they haven't shown us something that was out of the ordinary, that was worthy of, I, I don't, you know what, not worthy, but it wasn't good enough to be a Final Four team. Listen, I hope that uh, that Coach Etunas is listening to, to, to this and <laughs> wants to bring me on to his PR team um, because I'm going to make the case why everybody should be scared of, of, of Cheska at full strength. And I said at full strength, okay? What he did was risky, and it took it took cojones to do what he did, right? To bring in Shved and make it work was going to be a risk. But he did that. Nobody doubts the talent that Shved has. But to make it work, they need they need playing time. Well, what happened on game one? What happened on opening night? Miltinov goes down. Well, how are they going to de develop the chemistry there? Then the injuries roll in. This guy gets hurt. That guy gets hurt. Uh, you know, Shangelia's out. They've got to go sign Kenneth Fareed or, or you know, the, the carcass of Kenneth Fareed, what, what was left of it, because he didn't add much. Gregon is supposed to be their big signing. You know, he's, he's out. He's not adding anything. What have they been at full strength? Wait. And then it's not just being at full strength. It's being at full strength for a month to build the chemistry so Shved can go do Shved things with Grigonis knowing what to expect, with Milutinov knowing what to expect, with Shengelia knowing what to expect, with, with all these guys. You know, then, then you start playing off the mismatches. It's a team with incredible mismatches. You have pick and pops with Voigtman. All, all that stuff takes time to build that chemistry, to build it in times in the game. And, you know, Bolomboy was injured. Everyone's been hurt. They, ha they have not been at full strength. I don't know, you can look through and say a game or two. Have they had a month to build that? Wait, listen, don't get me wrong. Okay, I'm all, all in favor for Coach Itudis. I think that what the, the, the job that he's been doing is great. And again, I said they had their reasons. Like, they had their injuries just like Maccabi, you know, had their preseason kind of, well, not, not, not happening. Like, everyone has their reasons, and, and Cheska has their reasons big time. But, and again, well, I'm not, but I'm not saying reasons. I'm telling you reasons why I believe that at full strength, oh. they're, they're a team to be afraid of. Because we haven't seen – right now, you could look at – I could tell you Barcelona's potential. I, and I could tell you Ephesus' potential. I could tell you Madrid's potential. I cannot tell you what this Cheska team, if it all comes together, what they look like. But I can tell you that the best case scenario for Cheska is scary, just like those other teams. I think that they are missing a guard, specifically a guard, for me to feel comfortable to say that they can go all the way. And, and that, that is big. Because, like, if you see now Anadolu Fes, I mean, they have more options, I'd say, on their backcourt, especially on the offensive end. And this is perhaps, like, my only... Well, not issue, my, not even a problem. I think this is perhaps the only thing that's keeping, well, at least me, from saying, you know, of course they're the full strength. They can, I mean, it's Cheska, come on. They are. If I told you right now, Cheska, go get a guy, add to the lineup, a guy who's uh, got your league experience, yes, is sir. a 45% uh, three-point shooter who makes two threes a game, averages, you know, three or four assists a game, just plug him into the lineup. Would you take that guy? Can he create for that guy make them better? Can he create for himself though? Yeah. Would that make them better? Yeah. And who's that guy? Because I know you're setting <laughs> you're setting me up. So who's that guy? That's Grigonis who they signed. Yeah, but they need another one. Grigonis. Why do they need another one? Why right. do they need another one? 
if if you have those guys all together, that then you have all the role players alongside them. You, how many guys do you need who can create their own shot? Okay, let me ask you this: because they don't have to play that. What Clyburn comes off the bench, he creates his own shot. Again, right? You get those guys. You still have Lundberg. Well, Clyburn, his listen. Clyburn is more of a wing guy. He's not like your guard. What I'm saying is, they need that guard that essentially, when everything else fails, can take the ball and say like, you know, okay, I, I, I'm taking this. They don't have that guy anymore. My James was that guy in 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 previous. Shred is that guy, but they but it hasn't. They, they haven't built all the chemistry they need yet. Shred, Shred is absolutely that guy. Not exactly. Do you expect them to to build that chemistry in round thirty two? Well, if, well, that's, that's kind of his point what, is that they, that, that's they haven't point. had any of that time. That's the thing. I know. Yeah. My my point is that all they need is to build it in round thirty two. As long as they got a winning record in the play in the playoffs, because right now. It's just a mishmash up there. And if they put it together in round 32 and they finish seventh place, well, if I'm Real Madrid in second place, I'm not really happy about that. That's a, the, Right now, if you look at the playoffs, it comes down to momentum and injuries. But if we can pull out momentum injuries, and you tell me that those eight teams that are right now in the top eight spots come into April, regardless of the order, regardless of the – you throw it all out the window. You take those eight teams and tell me at full strength, they're coming at full strength, it's unpredictable and it's great basketball. And the teams that we would like would want to say, oh, they're they're not the favorites, we're probably doing that out of a bias because they're not a big name. Because you would say, oh, well, Unix isn't that good because because they're Unix, not because of the players, not because of what they've done, not because of the experience, right? You would just say it because their name isn't as big and they haven't been there before. But if you actually separate the quality of the players, the quality of the coaching and what and what they've accomplished so far in round in 18 rounds you know they're they're ahead of some very big names and and if you told me that that team with those guys and that's another team who's got guys who are big names playing smaller roles and guys who are smaller names playing big roles and it seems to be working john yeah. brown the third is 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 right in the you know he's the favorite for defensive player of the year and he's a guy that if you walk into a lot of basketball fans living rooms across europe right now and tell them about john brown the third they're like cool and he's the, he's he's right now he should be the defensive player of the year. I think he's going to be the defensive player of the year. But look, you know what? Cheska they wanted Pangos, at the, at, you know, during the summer. Now you want to tell me that again? This is not Grigonis kind of type of player, and that's my point. That's what they need. They need that type of guy. I, I'm all I'm saying is we have not seen their potential. Oh, we look, we, we're fully on. And, and and if they and if they if they maximize that potential. They are a legit scary team, which I, I think, and this is not me towing the company line, I can make the case in my heart that all eight of these teams can be terrifying. And they can, and, and I, I still think that Barcelona has the best overall package. Of course. In yeah. terms of depth, in terms of coach, right? But, you know, and they shouldn't be losing to Basconia. But none of those eight teams should be losing to Basconia, right? I think there's, I think there's a big cutoff from the top eight. Are there teams not in the top eight that could fight there? Yeah. Listen, Zvezda is a scare, is a team that can give you headaches and win in, on any given night. Maccabi, I don't know what happened to Maccabi anymore. I don't know what Maccabi we're going to see, you know, this week or next week. I, I think that, well, I don't know if we're going to recapture the Maccabi that was seven and three. That was a good team. Uh, some, something broke there. Fenerbahce, probably by the time they get Nicola and Vesley back, it might be too late. The gap will be will be too, too good. Asville, which right now is in ninth place, I, I don't think that they have the depth to do it. Um, they've got a hell of a backcourt, but I don't think that. I don't, so, so you start with Byron's had too many problems. It's a very talented team, but there's just been. I, I don't. I, I start to look after FS in eighth place. The rest of the teams, there is a drop off. Should some be doing better? Sure. Um, there's talent on all of them. You know, Jalgris is in the 18th place. They've got they've got loads of talent. Panathinaikos, 17th place. They've got loads of talent. Al Berlin. Loaded with there's there's talent on all on all 18 teams, but there is a legitimate drop, not just in the talent level between the top eight and the rest right now, but also for me, if we want to project to what will be in the playoffs, you have to project what are these teams at their at their max. Those eight teams at their max, with the exception of a healthy Fenerbahce, which as I said, I think by the time they get those guys back, it'll be too late for them. Those eight teams are, are head and shoulders above the rest, in my opinion. And any of them can win a playoff series. 
because of the things they have. Some of them have more star power than others. I don't think that Olympiacos or Zenit um, have the real superstar, you know, guys out there. But they, those are the teams that I think play some of the scariest defense. I mean, they all play scary defense, right? But those teams really they 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 get after it. That makes up for the lack of star power. Um, and who are we in some ways to judge whether? Jordan Lloyd or Sasha Vizenkov are real superstars, right? Because if they had, uh, you know, if they had a couple of championships under the belt, we'd be talking about them differently. Maybe in two years we're talking about them as superstars. You gotta, you gotta get somewhere. Maybe this is their year. Those are, those are eight good teams. But I, I think I could, we could talk down all the, all the problems that Cheska has. I'm just saying that Itudis is no fool. He knew what he was doing. He signed off on this roster, and we haven't seen it at its best. And at its best, that's a team I'd be scared. And again, don't forget they 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 actually acknowledged the well that they they admitted they were you know on the market for a backward kind of guy, but there's legit no one right now that is that you can say you know what I can add this guy like that's available or within reach and will up and you know that he'll upgrade that team because if that was the case, then we would have seen like more teams making more moves perhaps, um, and. Look, uh, the only thing I disagree with you, I think, is with uh, Zenit and Olympiacos because Olympiacos they have the sheer force to destroy you in just one quarter. This is this is uh, championship team material in my books. Of course, the Zenit are as well, but that's a discussion I'm guessing for a whole different day. Uh, Olympiacos is in third place, so it's you know I don't think anybody would argue with them their championship material. My my counter argument is not against Olympiacos. Yeah. Olympiacos. The point is I'm saying they're that there's eight teams here that you can make that argument. And, you know, we'll just say today that uh, there was the yearly meeting and that I reported about the fact that they're just thinking of shortening or probably going towards uh, shortening the quarantine period from 14 to seven days. Uh, essentially, I think that it will help. There's like not much to discuss about it, I think, or what kind of major implications it might have because essentially going on a hiatus, that would have been that would have had, I think, bigger implications. Uh, but, you know, there is a lot uh, more to follow in the coming days. So I think there's that. And I'm, guys, I'm going to get you to the point where I think we're all terrified of. And that's the games of the week. They, we already know that three games are not going to be played. And we can assume that it is possible that more will, you know, not be played as well. But if you had to pick, two games, one from each day, what would they be and why? And of course, if, you know, you're, you're feeling, if you're feeling lucky enough, give us your predictions. Um, first of all, I, I want to, I want to uh, put out there my concern that the shortening the quarantine uh, is the idea to, is the way to go. I know it's, uh, you know, socioeconomical and everything else, uh, you know, having, you know, people out of work for two weeks and everything else. This is non-basketball standpoint, you know, uh, I just, I don't know if it, if that, if that's the right way to go. Um, I hope everybody that is doing it. I know a lot of countries are starting to do it. I, I hope that that's the, that that's uh, the right thing to do. Uh, you know, we're seeing cases go up over, all, you know, all over the place and, uh, you know, these teams are getting hit, uh, you know, really hard. So I, I just, I hope that, that, um, that, uh, that, uh, that, that is the right thing to do. Um, as far as the games go, uh, Thursday, Real Madrid, Unix Kazan, I think without a doubt for me, that's the top game, uh, on that day, just because, you know, this, you know, this is a this would be a chance for Unix to do it in Madrid. Uh, although Madrid is obviously, you know, a little still obviously weakened, uh, but it would be a a chance to, uh, you know, if they can grab a victory at Real Madrid, that would be huge for them. Um, and uh, and and I'm gonna just go on name for Friday, and I'm gonna say. Uh, I'm going to say the uh, the uh, Cesca Moscow uh, Barcelona, but but there's a there's a couple of really fun games. Uh, I'm going to try to remember off the top of my head which games aren't um, being played. Uh, actually, I guess Frankie could probably tell me this exactly which ones aren't. So Olympia. Yeah, the other two games on on Friday will be Asvel against Monaco and uh, Milan against Zenit. Okay, those are the th- uh, so those are the ones that are being played. Yeah. 
and the uh, Alba Alba Panathinaikos has been canceled. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a day, that's the day before. Okay, all right. So uh, uh, you want my picks? So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say Suezda at home, um, and uh, I'm gonna say that Maccabi can finally. Uh, breathe a sigh of relief. Although this is uh, uh, this is kind of like what Maccabi's been facing uh, recently is with two with the teams on the roll, and that is what Basconia is when you consider two two wins in a row. Uh, but I'm going to go with uh, Maccabi. I'm going to say I'm going to say Real Madrid, and then on Friday I'm going to say uh, Barcelona, and then I'm going to say Asbel, and I'm going to say. Uh, then it's probably not really, um, not a lot of controversy out there, but uh, just those are, uh, seems to me that it's, uh, yeah, those are my picks. Frankie, brave enough. You want my pick? You want my game of the night or my the, picks or both? The games you would recommend to watch, why, and your uh, your picks. Um, the, you know, on, on Thursday, we've got three games and two of them are from teams, uh, both teams are in the bottom half of the standings and then there's Madrid, Real against the uh, Unix. So I think that's the, the obvious game that you, that you want to watch, especially after my impassioned plea before about the top eight teams. So <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know how you can argue, especially also the other thing would be, it's great to see, uh, you know, if you ask me this in September, it's, oh, Fenerbahce going to Belgrade, John Vesely, Belgrade, and all the players there. And, uh, but it, it, Fenerbahce today without Vesely and Nicola was not the same team. Um, Kalinic played for Fenerbahce. He, he's out. So all the things that would make that game exciting on paper two months ago have have depleted it. It should still be a fun game to watch because of the spirit of the players and because a team like Fenerbahce has guys that will step up, but it's not it's not the same quality as the uh, as the Real against Unix game. And, uh, and following that logic, if I look the next day, so there's three games. The, it's, of course, exciting to have a game between two teams in the French League, but if they are there in the bottom half of the standings, the two are between teams that are right now in the, in the, in the playoff zone. Um, I I expect I don't know what to expect from Chesk against Barcelona. I expect that the Milan Zenit game will be um, more exciting. I don't know why. I guess I'm just going on a on a gut feeling there. Um, I think that uh, there's still some question marks right now. And Barcelona's going to look to bounce back, but both those teams are in a bit of flux. Sharis uh, may not be uh, be at the game, so that that means that for, if it comes to a tactical battle. Cheska's got Itudas, Barcelona doesn't have Sharas. Um, so I, I think that you, you'll get a better game out of Milan Zenit, but I would not be surprised at all to see, you know, Cheska Barcelona be a hell of a game that goes down to the wire with huge performances. As long as Barcelona has Mirotic and, you know, Cheska has its stars, you know, that, that could be a, that, that's a hell of a game. Um, when it comes to picking the games, the picking the wins, I'm not trying to be, uh, I, I'm not looking for an easy way out, but if I was a betting man with what I do, I'd put my money in all six home teams. So we, we have, uh, uh, yeah, we found our Aris uh, doppelganger, I think, here on, in terms of the, uh, that, that's his rule, to go with the home teams. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I, A, I think it works. B, I think that the, there are teams that, you know, of the other games I, I could see, it going the other way. and even here I could see it going the other way. I could certainly make a case for why Monaco would win in in uh, in Villarban, especially since the coaching change. Mike James all of a sudden is dishing assists at a rate he's never done before. I could see that. Winning. I could certainly see Zenit winning. I could certainly see Barcelona winning. I could see Unix winning. With the way playing, I could see them, you know, losing at home to Basconia. But more likely, Zvezda at home is able to with with a with a core that's that's working together. Even minus uh, Kalinic is is probably in better condition than a Fenerbahce team, which is still reeling from losing its two best players. Most uh, Maccabi's losing streak most of it's been on the road at home. They should be the favorite against Basconia. Um, Real Madrid should have most of its roster back. They're in they're in second place in the league for and it's for a reason. So even against Unix. Um, I, you know, I expect with the, if, if they're near full strength, I expect them to go. Cheska again, also, they, they, like I said before, if only for the fact that Charis won't be at the game or likely won't be at the game, I think that's a big thing in a game like this, which could come down to a, to a couple plays and, and making some adjustments. And, and Cheska's just got a, a 
a better rest right now. Um, uh, and then, you know, as well, Monaco, these are teams that have played twice already this year, once in the Euro League, once in the French League. They've been close games. If you tell me I'm taking two even teams fairly even, uh, it's Monaco won by two at home in the uh, in the French League last month. And in November, Aswell won on a buzzer beater in Monaco. Well, now they're playing it. So those two close games in, in Monaco, now they're playing in, in, in Lyon. So, uh, you know, I think that the, uh, wh- however many points you want to say the home court advantage is worth, that would say that Aswell's the favorite. And then uh, similar with, with, I don't know what to expect from Milan. It's a question mark. They're a team that just had COVID rip the team apart. But that means that these guys should they'll have a full roster and they have a deep roster. They don't need guys to go 30 minutes. So, you know, Milan at home, trying to get back on track against a very dangerous team, Zena could easily win. But if you know, 50-50, go with the home team. So yeah, I, I'm not I'm not trying to take the easy way out, but six and oh for the home teams, I would I would go. I'd go for it. Okay. And as for myself, my games to watch would be obviously uh, um the Madrid Unix game and uh, yeah Zenit Milan. Uh, as for my pick, I think you know it. You know the the picks they they speak for that they speak for themselves. The games, I mean, that is. Uh, and as for my predictions, if we can even call it, you know, if we can call it that way, um, I'd go Zvezda Maccabi Unix just because Madrid are not at full strength and not at full game shape. Uh, Cheska. I'm saying Monaco because, you know, they probably have to retaliate and Zenit. Yeah, I'm going with Zenit on the road. I'd so. say you, you do bring up an, an interesting thing, which I am overlooking in my head, which is that the, I'm assuming that the teams that have just had the COVID outbreak are now back at full strength should be okay because they're not back at full strength. But they're not back at full strength because some of these guys will have lasting effects and will affect it. And I can tell you, I saw this with... Uh, with my own son's team of 17-year-olds and, and guys who are you know, 17 and should be able to run for, for days and days and days. Um, and I saw some of the, you know, one, one of their best players go through this, come back, and he couldn't do six minutes straight on the court without a breather. Um, so, so yeah, I, I am You just don't know how, that, how it's going right. to be affecting exactly. Kind of, you know, I am banking on the fact players. that the depth will, will, will mean that the guys who are affected the worst can still give you 15 minutes and, you, and you'll be able to put a, a strong line about there. And even the teams that have been you know, affected, a lot of the guys were, they were asymptomatic and blah, blah, blah. But you just don't know. And it's possible that we will see some of these teams fall flat on their face because it went through it and it's going to affect them in, guys, in ways that we don't, we don't know. Okay, I, I mean, I totally agree, of course, and um, I think with that, we, uh, we just reached the end of the show. So uh, why don't you guys tell us where people can find you? Dave, go for it. I'll go first. Uh, on Twitter, it's High News, uh, H-E-I-N-N-E-W-S. Uh, my substack is takingthecharge.substack.com, and uh, there's also the Taking the Charge podcast on there. Uh, also gone traveling with Mr. Barda, uh, helping out there. Um, yeah, uh, that's where you can find me. And I don't know why you'd be looking for me, but if you were, I am Mr. <laughs> Euroleague on Twitter. Uh, that's about the only social media that I use. Uh, and I, I honestly don't even use it as much as I should. So uh, I can't say I'm much of an exciting follow, but if you're looking for me, that's where I am. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, you're getting us excited every now, every time. So, you know, it's uh, we uh, not only approve, we support the message of, of people needing to follow you. Uh, as for my listen, when, when I do put something out, because I have, I have, I, I manage other Twitter uh, profiles, whether it's for other things or my own personal one. But uh, but th- this, the Mister Hero League, I don't use it often. But if I'm putting something out there, I think it's something that people want to see. There's, there's good stats that I come across that sometimes I'll share. And, you know, I'll just say that if you want to follow Lewis, who's probably should be, you know, finished chasing chickens by now, ready, getting ready to do a fight. Uh, you can follow him at F, at uh, Half Glenny. Uh, you have Emmett, who's probably still trying to high five pigeons. Uh, that's just hazing, you know. We do some hazing to the hazing uh, to the guys on the show, but you can follow him at the various social media uh, platforms of of Bond Europe. There's Aris at the various social media platforms of you know he's got Arbarkas on Twitter and the various 
things that he uh, does with your hoops. And as for myself with Moses B1 at I am team scout on Twitter, Moses B1 on Instagram. And there is the at EL sweet 16 show. So yeah, that's the show's account. Make sure you follow, hit the subscribe button, you know, whatever Just go for it. Show the love. We love you back. And uh, yeah. Till next time. Great pass from Diamantini's. The love is done. We go 40 minutes to a title. David Blue for three. On the mark, David Blue. Oh, 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 oh